Father, the only, the only reason why we're here is because of your great mercy and love. Because you have been so good to us. When there's so much going around the world, so many changes, so many things happening. People in good condition, people struggling with their health. Some people have jobs, some people don't, some people have enough, others others don't. But there's one thing we can definitely depend on. And it's that no matter what's going on in our lives, your love, your love stays. Your love is permanent. How deep is your love? How great is your mercy? Just so thankful that because of your love we're able to stand over here in this place. Because of your love we're able to worship together this morning. Because of your love we're enjoying another day. It's not because of us. It's not because of what we have done. It's because of what you have done. And I pray, Father, that you will open our hearts, that you will open our minds. And above all, Lord, I ask you to help us understand and transform that part in our lives that needs to be transformed. Only you can do that. But your love is so great. That because of your love we can be transformed when we open up our hearts to experience your love. How deep is your love? How great is your mercy? In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful day. I know it's a little cloudy out there, but I don't know about you, but I, I, I love cloudy days sometimes. When it's too hot, I don't do well. So it's, it's a beautiful day. If you're, here, if you're here with us for the first time, uh, uh, thank you for making the time to come and worship with us this morning. I just want to let you know that uh, we are here to uh, help people find and follow Jesus. That, that's what we're here for. That's our main, that's the main reason why we're here in, uh, in our church. It's a, it's a church in transition. Most of us that belong to this church know that. Uh, we are a church in transition. So if you're new, uh, just we want you to know that you are coming into, uh, into a time in our church uh, when we are uh, thinking and planning a lot of exciting things coming in the near future. Uh, so we, we are revisioning, we are developing a new mission and a new strategy so we can uh, reach out to the community and help and impact the community around us. So uh, if you here for the first time with us, stick around and uh, you'll see a lot of great and exciting things coming up uh, in the near future. Today, we're going to continue our series, and I think we're having, we're, are we having microphone issues? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's going up and down, up and down, right? So we'll see. Uh, so be patient with us, just uh, and, and, and with this technology stuff, 
I think uh, I think the new receiver should be coming, should be in the middle of the ocean right now or somewhere <laughs> in a plane uh, coming this way. It took six months last time. Uh, that's that's what I was told. And so I don't know how long it's going to take this time, but somewhere it's coming somewhere. Um, but we're going to continue in our series on God. Uh, this is our ninth week on this series on God. And uh, uh, we've been talking about these qualities, his attributes. We, uh, we, we, you know, we will be uh, wrapping up this series next Sunday, upon uh, Sunday. We'll be wrapping up this series uh, before Easter. So I hope you have been praying for those people. Uh, we, uh, one of the Sundays we talk about writing the name of three people that you wanted to pray for, that you wanted to encourage. Uh, and, and eventually you want to invite them over to church so they can, uh, they can experience the community. They can experience the love of God that's been poured into our hearts. And because the love of God has been poured into our hearts, we are responsible to also share of that love that God has shared with us, that God has given us with others. So uh, I hope you, you have been praying for your list. I hope you have that list uh, every day and you're praying for everybody, uh, all those three people in that list. We will have, a, uh, on that Sunday, we'll have a nice breakfast at 8.30 in the morning. So I want to also ask you, if you have not signed up with Eddie, uh, we don't want to be Eddie the one cooking all the breakfast because there's a lot of us who will be eating breakfast, right? So we want for you guys to sign up with Eddie or, or Patty and, um, and let them know what you're willing to bring that day so we can have breakfast on Easter Sunday at 8.30 in the morning. And then after that, there's going to be some uh, games for the kids at 9 in the morning. From 9 to 10, there's going to be some games, a scavenger hunt, uh, probably some egg hunting, something like that, uh, that uh, Tim it's, it's planning, is working on. Uh, and on our serious own God, we have been talking about his qualities. We have been talking about his attributes. It's a lot of this stuff that most of us already know. Um, you know, we, we have been talking about the unchangeable God, the God who doesn't change, the God who still loves us the same, still forgiving us the same, is the same God. Uh, and we have always, we have also been talking about the all-knowing God, all-powerful God, uh, the goodness of God, the merciful God that, that, that we know and the faithful God. Last Sunday, that was a, a really good sermon. And I, I, there's something I, I'm not going to forget about that sermon. It's about the elephant on the tree. <laughs> I will not forget about the elephant on the tree. So uh, that was a good story. I never heard, I never heard any of this stuff, but um, it was good stuff. It was good stuff. So uh, we were reminded of God's faithfulness. So... We have talked about some of these attributes, and this is essential in our lives. This is so essential to understand who God is. To, to get to know, to be reminded, even if we know these things, to be reminded of who God is. Because if we look at some of these attributes, and we examine our lives, I can assure you there are things that we are not living according to these attributes. For example, if God knows it all. God knows, God's all-knowing. You know, how do we live our life based on the fact that God knows everything? Do, do we live our lives, you know, do we, do we live a life with an open heart? And, and, and do we live our lives transparent in a transparent way? How are we living our lives knowing that He knows everything? Even when, when nobody sees me, but He sees me. So this is essential. What we know to be true about God, how we view God, determines how we live our lives. So it's essential 
It's important for in, in our lives to understand this. So we have talked uh, about some of these attributes, but to wrap up this series, uh, there, there's no way we can wrap up this series without talking about the main attribute. I, I call it the main attribute. I call it the heart. I call it the foundation of, of, of all these attributes, and that is the love of God. If, if, you know, if, if we don't see the love of God, we will not be there in examining and studying about all these attributes. This is so important to understand that God is love, and therefore I have been called to love. That's what everybody says, right? And even songs and all that stuff about God's love. You know, and, and we even sing, all we need is love. <laughs> But a lot of times we don't really understand what love is. Especially in, in, in the way things are going in the world right now. A lot of times we just don't understand what love is. And so stick around with us for today and next week. Uh, today we're just going to do a, basically we're going to do an introduction to love. And next week we're going to talk about the practical part of love. What, you know, what do we do based on God's love? How, how do we behave? How do we act? How do we respond to that? This is important to understand because He is love. There's, there are two verses in the Bible that lets us know about this. First John chapter 4, verse uh, 7 and 8. Uh, the Apostle John, uh, when he was writing to the Christians in, in the early church, he, he said, Dear friends, let us love one another. What is the reason John is saying to love one another? Why is the reason? What is the reason why John is encourages, encouraging us to love one another? Because for love comes from God, and if you know God, your natural response in the world, in your workplace, in your house, everywhere where you are, your natural response should be to be a person who acts, who talks with love to others. So John is encouraging us to, uh, telling us, love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Notice that if, if you have been born of God, if you have been born again, being born again means you, you were born of your mother, but when you're born again means you were born from God also. But if you have been born from God, God, who is love, has poured that love into your heart. Romans chapter 5 verse 5. And so therefore we should act as people of God, people with love, acting with actions of love. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. You want to know if you really know God? Examine your life and see how much you love other people. Verse 8 says, whoever does not love does not know God. That is plain and simple, right? Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. So that is the first verse where we find this in, in, in the New Testament. And the second verse is in verse 16 of the same chapter. Verse 16 says, and so we know, and we rely on the love, uh, on the love God has for us. Notice that the John is saying, we rely on this, we depend on this. So a lot of times Christians might say, you know what, we, we hear about the love of God all the time, but do you know that you're 
rely, that you're relying on the love of God every single day of your life. And so we know, and we got to rely. You got to rely on the love of God for your family. You got to rely on the love of God for your kids. You got to rely on the love of God for your provision every day. You got to rely on the love of God for every single thing in your life. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. Plain and simple. And so we know and rely on the love of God that God has for us. Why? Because God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. And God in them. Notice that John doesn't say that God, uh, in, in these two verses, John doesn't say that God loves. But he makes sure to, uh, uh, to, to help us understand that it's not that God loves. It's not talking about his actions. He's talking about the essence of God. The essence of God, he says, is that God in his essence, he himself is love. God is love. And, 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 and what's the one thing that people in the world look, uh, look around for the most? For the most part, people are around the world looking for love. I'm looking for love. Well, why are we looking for love? Because we, we want to feel, feel that we belong. We want to feel that people care for us. And so people around the world are always looking for love. And uh, I was reading, uh, I was reading something on the um, on the internet this week, and uh, it was an article that said, well, "Why are people searching for love now more than ever?" This article, in Psychology Today, they wrote that in an intent for people to find love since the pandemic breakout, dating apps. Watch this. Dating apps have, have seen an increase, an amazing increase in downloads. Just people are looking for love and they're just following that stuff, following the, the, the same trend everybody's following, right? One of those apps increased by 75%. A 51% online daters said COVID-19 made them want to take dating more seriously. So they weren't taking dating seriously before, right? Business Insider forecasts that the number of smartphones, dating apps, dating app users in the U.S. was going to reach 20.6 million in 2020. 20.6 million people. That is an increase of 18.4 from 2019, an 18% increase just in one year. Why? Because people are looking for love. We all want to be loved. We, we, all want to live, we all want to live a life of peace. We all want to live a life of love. We, we, we all are expecting for others to love us and to treat us well. All you have to do uh, when you uh, when you want to know about this thing, so all you have to do is go go to your computer, open your browser, and, and, and put in the search engine looking for love. And, and you you know what happens? What happens is seventeen. The, the, the first thing that comes up is seventeen best dating sites for over uh, looking for love. You know, and it starts giving you all these these options that you can find love here, you can find love there. But, but I can assure you one thing: people might be looking for love everywhere. When they, when they always have love in front of them. You know why? Because God, God is everywhere. And if you want to find love, all you have to do is find God. All you have to do is experience God in your life. 
But these people are looking for love. And so the, the, the problem with us as human beings is that we're looking for love in the wrong places. Until you experience, until you experience the real love of God, it will be really tough. It will be almost impossible for, I would say it will be impossible for you to experience real love. We are looking for love in the wrong places because God is love. <coughs> so, I, I have something that I want to tell you this morning in, 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 within this sermon. Is that people will never experience the real, permanent, and conditional love until they experience God in their lives. He is the source of love. He is the fountain of love. He is the origin of love. It's God. Simple and plain and simple. And you might find Prince Charming today. You know, you might find Prince Charming today, but as soon as you kiss him, he'll turn into a rock, I assure you. <laughs> you know, everything is nice, right? Everything is good. Until you live with that person and you realize, whoa, we're a couple of sinners. We're, we're a couple of sinners and we're messed up. And sometimes we don't really love each other the way we should. When you realize that people are imperfect, that the way we love is not the way God loves. The way God loves is so perfect. The way God loves is so great. Because His love is unconditional. His love is there for us. His love is unconditional. And His love never ends. But when we experience people's love, it's so different. Because that love is based on other stuff that we'll see in a minute. When love is missing in our lives, if any of us have expressed lately, love is missing in my life, I, I, I have something to tell you. Then God is missing in your life. If love is missing in your life, God is missing in your life. Because God is what? God is love. He doesn't just love. He doesn't just have actions of love, but He is he himself is the essence of love. When love is missing in our lives, it's because God is missing. When love is missing in your marriages, when love is missing in your relationships, when love is missing in your families, when love is missing in your friendships, or even in spiritual communities, it's because God is missing. Simple. Why? Because God is love. It all starts in a simple statement. God is love. Dr. David Jeremiah said that while writing his book, God is Love, great book by the way, someone told him that it was a truth so simple that it didn't need to be written about. <laughs> this is a truth so simple, it doesn't need to be written about. So he responded, no, it is a truth so profound that I don't feel worth it to write about. It is a truth so profound that I don't feel worthy to write about. And it's because a lot of people are confused about God's love. Because they don't understand love. He doesn't love the way we do. We love others for what they can do for us. That's just exactly the way we love others. Oh, I, I, you know, you do something for me? Oh, I love you. <laughs> right? You made a good, good dinner for me? I love you. Why didn't you cheer me? Burn the dinner, right? And you don't love them that much. <laughs> we love others because what they can do for us. God loves us because it's His nature to love us. 
It's his nature to love. That's, that's why when, uh, when you understand God's love, it's the most amazing thing to understand. Because God doesn't love you on what you're going to do for him. He loves you despite of the fact that a lot of times we don't even acknowledge God in our lives. The, the world's definition of love. Recently, they asked a group of children, uh, you know, what does love mean? Rebecca, eight years old, said, My grandmother, when she got older, because of her arthritis, she couldn't bend over to paint her toenails. So my grandfather does it for her uh, all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That is love, Rebecca said. Another one of the kids, Billy, who was six years old, said, when, when someone loves you, the way you say their name is different. Just know that your name is safe in their mouth. Bobby said, love is what's in the room during Christmas. Nikki, who's eight years old, so he said, uh, um, if you want to love somebody, you have to start with somebody you hate. How about that? <laughs> Tommy, six years old, said that love is like a little old man and a little old woman who were still friends even after they knew each other for so long. That is love. So many opinions about love. God is God, God, God's love is so different than what we view, than how we view love in our culture today. Hollywood portrays love, portrays love as pure feelings. Pure feelings. As long as I feel good for you, I love you. As long as you look good, because you got all these surgeries, then I, I love you. You know, it's a set of emotions. It's what I can get from you. The problem with that is that uh, love at that point depends on the circumstances around you. The circumstances of the moment. Because circumstances dictate for the most part how we are feeling depending on our emotions. And so we love if we feel good. But if we don't feel good, but when it gets tough in life, do we still love? That's not the way human beings for the most part. That's not the way we love. In that case, I love you depending on how I'm feeling. You know, our feelings change all the time. Don't you sometimes feel like killing somebody? <laughs> you do. You just don't do it, of course. But do you feel like it? Imagine if we go by feelings in life. Uh, we can do that. Because sometimes our circumstances, the circumstances change. So that one day we love, the next day we hate. And that word hate has, has become such a common word, right? Oh, I hate this. I hate that. I, and just like, and then everybody uses the word love also, and it just becomes a common word. I love this. I love that. We love everything. And that is not love. We as human beings always come out short of what real love is. The world today says, I love you if you're good looking and wealthy. Of course I love you if you're good looking and wealthy. <laughs> I love you if you have good education, if you have good job, if you have good connections. I love you, man. <laughs> you got good connections. I love you if you produce much and buy much. I love you. There are so many ifs in the way the world loves. So all these ifs enslaves us. 
It is impossible to adequate meat up to them. So the world's love isn't always, uh, it's always a conditional love. It's not unconditional, it's conditional. I love you if. God's love, God's love is not like that. That's why sometimes we take it for granted. How many times have you taken God's love for granted? Oh, you know what? I can do this. Anyways, God loves me. He'll still be okay with me. He'll just forgive me. And a lot of times we, we, we're not even embarrassed of doing the wrong thing, knowing that we're doing the wrong thing, because we know that the love of the Father is so great that we, we don't have to worry about it. God loves me anyways. God loves me anyways. And a lot of times we take that love for granted in our families. We take that love for granted from children to parents. We take that love for granted and we cannot, we shouldn't be doing that. The biblical definition of love is that when we see the love of God, then you see something that cannot even be described or comprehended. This is such a vast subject. How can any human being ever write about anything meaningful about the love of God? How can we do that? The, the love of God is far beyond any human ability to comprehend, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to learn about it. God's love is a commitment based on God's promises, not on His emotions, feelings, or circumstances. So the love that we share with others, if we have experienced the love of God, the love that we share with others should be a love that is a commitment. It's a decision. It's a commitment. It's not based on feelings. Your feelings will change. Today will be some. Tomorrow will be different. But when you love the way God loves, then you love as a commitment. You have a commitment. You make a promise. And you make a commitment based on God's, uh, based on what God's word says. God's love is a commitment based on His promises, not on His emotions or feelings. Feelings change. God doesn't change. He's the immutable God. He does not change. That's, that's what we talked about the first Sunday when we were here. That God doesn't change. His love is always the same. It's we, we are the ones who change. And let me share something that is so crucial and important. Is that God's love is on cost. God, you cannot make God love you more than what He already loves you. But you cannot make God love you less than what He already loves you. God's love is an influence. It's free. It's unconditional. There's nothing we can do to cause God to love us. And there's nothing we can do to cause or to make God or to prevent God from loving us. God loves us because He has chosen to love us. And He loves us because that's all He can do. Because He is, what is He? He's love. He's love. Nobody, nobody makes God love us. It's His nature. Look at what Ephesians chapter chapter 1, the Apostle Paul wrote to, wrote to the Ephesians that God has chosen us before the foundation of the world. Not because, not based on who you are. Because if it's based on who we are, come on, let's be honest. We are lost. We are lost. Do you think, if it's based on who I am, I would be standing out here? I wouldn't. Would you be sitting out there? You wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be. 
He chose you before the foundation of the world. Uh, of the world. Um, verse 5. According to the good pleasure of His will. Because of love. What does it mean? What does it mean that God is love? How can we know that statement is true when the Bible says God is love? And how does God show us that He is the very definition of love? How do we, how do we know that? The following scriptures that we're going to look into, uh, into in, in, in a minute uh, will help us understand the, the simple truth, yet profound statement that God is love. As we read the Bible verses this morning, you will be able to uh, better understand the importance of God's nature and how we are called to display His love to us and to the world. For us to do this, uh, this uh, let's first understand how has God expressed His love to us. Now, once we understand how God expressed His love to us, we are responsible, and that's what we're going to be talking about next week, we are responsible on expressing that love to others. And, and, and I assure you, you want to know how to do that, because 1 John chapter 3, verse 10 says that if, if, you know, if you are a child of God, you, you should love, and you should act with love. He who doesn't love is not a son of God, John says. I'll let, you, I'll let you read the rest of the verse because we'll read it next week. But the one thing that we need to understand is that God has expressed His love with actions. It's a sacrificial love. So when you tell somebody you love them, and if you really love somebody, are you willing to sacrifice for that person? Because real love sacrifices. Didn't God send His begotten, His only begotten Son to die for you and me? It's because He loves us. <laughs> love is sacrificial. His love, he, says, he has expressed His love in a sacrificial way. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10 says, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. How did He manifest His love for us, among us? That God has His only Son, God sent His only Son into the world so that we may live through Him. And this, and this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that God loves us first. That God loves us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Sacrificial love. That's how God has expressed His love to us. It's just so many times we just prefer to ignore that. And it's not that people don't believe in God. But let me tell you, it's that people choose to say, I don't believe in God because they don't want to be accountable for what they do. It's not that they don't believe in God. They just don't want to be accountable to a God who's telling them what they should do in life for their own good. It's a sacrificial love. When was the last time you told somebody you loved them and you did something Sacrificially for them. Something to show that person that you really care, that you really love. Second thing, the way God has expressed His love to us is by forgiveness. By forgiveness. Same book in 1 John, the book of love. Chapter 3, verse 1, it says that see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. 
that we should be called children of God. The only way you, make, you can become a children of God, a child of God, is because God has forgiven you. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it, it did not know Him. So God has forgiven us. He forgives us so we can become His children. So love is not just sacrificially. Love is forgiven. And, and a lot of times we, you know, a lot of times we live with this resentment in our lives. There are so many people in the world that live with a lot of resentment. And there's a lot of Christians that experience this too. Oh, oh let me rephrase that. Maybe Christians don't resent anybody, right? No, we do. How can the love of God, how can we claim to have the love of God in our hearts when instead of forgiving, we resent? Forgiving is, by the way, forgiving is not a, not, not a feeling or an emotion either. I don't feel like forgiving. Forgiving is not a feeling or an emotion. It's a commitment just like love is. And the problem is we don't understand these things because the culture around us dictates different. The culture around us tells us that everything is by feelings and emotions. Yes, we are human beings made of feelings and emotions. But we are also people who should be learned to make a commitment because that's what the Word of God tells us to do. And that we are committed to do something that we can make a covenant. And we can make a commitment and a decision in our lives where we are going to love other people and that we are going to forgive people not based on our feelings but based on our obedience to the Word of God. In His love, He applied mercy. We talked about God's mercy, God's mercy before. Ephesians chapter four, verse uh, Ephesians chapter two, verse four and five. It says that we have been forgiven because of love. But God being rich in mercy because of the because of the great what great love with which He loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, even when you were really bad, that's what it's saying right here. Even when we were really bad in our trespasses and sins, He made us alive together with Christ by grace. You have been saved. Grace is a gift of love from God. Micah chapter 7 verse 18, He tells the people of Israel, Who, who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity. Yeah, God has pardoned our iniquities. And passing over transgressions for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not retain his anger forever. Because he delights in steadfast love. God delights in loving us. He delights, he enjoys loving you and me. You know, if you don't experience love, that means you haven't experienced God. Simple as that. A third thing that he has, he has expressed his love by being patient with us. And we talked a little bit about this before in one of the other attributes. But just let me tell you that when you are, when you love somebody, you learn to be patient with that person. 
There's no way. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which we will go into 1 Corinthians chapter 13 next week. But if you you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the the chapter of love in the Bible, verse 4 and on, you will realize that one of the attributes of love is patience. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for for a righteous person, but perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows us His love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He's, He's got so much patience with us. Despite of the fact that we we are sinners, He still let His Son die for us. He has expressed His love through His compassion and mercy. Lamentation chapter 3 verse 22 and 23 tells us that steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Can you imagine if that love would ever cease? Where would you be? What would it be of you? It never ceases. His mercy never never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Every morning when you get out the mercies of God because of His love the mercies of God are waiting there for you. So when you walk out the door, make sure that you understand that the mercies of God are there for you. Not because you deserve it. Not because I deserve it. But because of His love. Simple. Psalm 86 verse 15 But you, O Lord, are, are, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Slow to anger. I don't know how many of you guys are really quick to get angry, hotheads. Probably not. Not in this church, at least. <laughs> sometimes we get, to, we, we get the tendency to get angry so fast. So quick. We judge. We judge others and immediately, without even knowing, we get angry. God is slow to anger. Why? Because He loves you. So He has patience. He's got compassion. He's got mercy on you. He's slow to anger. He has shown us His love by His faithfulness. Pastor Roy talked about this in a great sermon last week. If you have, you got to remember His faithfulness. First Chronicles sixteen thirty four. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. You know, if you if you ate breakfast this morning. Or if you're going to eat lunch later, which I hope you will. And if you have what you have, it's because God in His faithful love has provided those things for you. His faithfulness is a proof of His love to each one of us. He is faithful in in what He provides what we need. Not what we want, but what we need. He has also expressed His love by His protection. Psalm 36 verse 7 says, how priceless, how priceless your faithful love is, God. How priceless. There's no price on it. It's your faithful love for us. People take refuge in the shadow of your winds. 
But do you ever stop to think how many times has God protected you? Have you ever stopped to think that? You know, I know that as we're getting to know each other, you'll get to know some of the stories about me. But since I was a little kid, I could have died so many times. It's, it's weird. It's like, I already told you the story of how I was born, right? But so many times, at three years old, I almost died. At 12 years old, I almost died. I got hit by a bus. That, that's why I have some problems sometimes. <laughs> it, it, it's, I, I got hit by a bus. Watch this. I was riding a bike. I was angry. Because my mom wasn't letting me go with the Honduran soccer team to play outside of the country. And so I was angry. I took my bike. I ran out of the, out of the house angry, right? I wasn't, I wasn't showing love to my mom at all. So a bus was right behind me. And uh, it, back back home, buses, they fight to get ahead of each other so they can get more people on the bus. <laughs> it's not like here that you have a, you have, you have a route and, and, and you have a schedule. No, no, no. They're fighting. And so this guy just, uh, as I was angry, and I was paddling hard, and I was just so mad, this bus hit, it, it hit me in the, in the side, on my left side, so it broke my left ankle. But I flew about 20 feet from the bus, and the only reason I stopped is because I hit my head with the light post. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's the that's the reason, right? <laughs> now you understand. <laughs> but I tell you one thing: there were two nurses at that moment, and the guy from the bus immediately took everybody out. Put me in the bus, and they took me right away to the hospital. I didn't wake up until like three days later. When I was three years old, I thought I was Ibu Canibu. <laughs> you know who Ibu Canibu is, right? So I thought I was Ibu Canibu. My dad would always sit and come back from work, sit me on his lap, and my dad would sit me on his lap. I, I remember, uh, let's watch Ibu Canibu. And then we, we had this black and white TV back then, right? And, um, and so I had a tricycle. Uh, you know where this story is going? I had a tricycle. And my, the sidewalk in my house was this high from the next sidewalk of the next house because it was a hill. So, I'm thinking, Ibu can, Ibu can do these things, I can do it with my tricycle too. So I got on my tricycle and took up from maybe 20 feet in my sidewalk from the beginning and I thought I was going to jump into the next sidewalk. I didn't. It was a tricycle. I opened my head. I still have the scar right there. So many things that you go through. A lot of times you think, you know what, how has God protected me? When, when I go to the doctor, usually I had eight surgeries already. But when I go to the doctor, you know what I do? And sometimes they check my heart. Because I have some situation with my heart, some some stuff with my heart. So what I do after the doctor tells me, "Hey, you're 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 looking good. Everything's looking, everything's coming out good." So what I do, I like this tres leches cake. I don't know if you guys ever tried that, but a tres leches cake is the the worst thing you can eat if you have a heart problem. Don't do that. Okay, don't follow my example. But I go and get me a piece. It's a three meal cake, but it's made out of caramel. 
And so I gave me one of those. When I drive over here, look, look, last night I came in, I, I got in here probably around one o'clock in the morning from Mexico from teaching over there during the weekend. And every time I drive from here to Tijuana, before I go to Ensenada, which that's where we have the classes, and, and sometimes we have the classes in Tijuana, but just the fact that I arrived there and God took me there, I'm like, you know, it feels good, so I gave me one of those cakes. <laughs> gave me a cup of coffee, and then I enjoyed the cake. And guess you know, believe it or not, I get that cake and I start taking it piece by piece slowly and just enjoying it. But I'm thinking about God, God, God being so good, so loving to me. Because I can enjoy things in life. When I could have, I, I could have been, I could have been dead a long time ago. But I'm enjoying things in life. Psalm 109, verse 21. The psalmist says, But you, Lord, my Lord, deal kindly with me for your name's sake because of your faithful love. Because your faithful love is good. Rescue me. God protects us all the time. Because His love also is permanent. Isaiah 54, chapter, uh, chapter 54, verse 10. Though the mountains move and the hills shake, my love will not be removed from you. That is God telling you that. You know, even if the mountains move, even if the hills shake, my love, God says, will not be removed from you. And my covenant, remember I said love is not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. Love is not a set of emotions. Love is a covenant. It's a commitment. That's why we can grow all sometimes. We can grow together and we keep on loving each other. Because love is a covenant of peace. My love will not be removed from you. And my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says your compassionate Lord. God loves us, per God loves us permanently. His love remains. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. The Apostle Paul, who struggled a lot with different, you know, just different things, people, uh, you know, people not treating him well many times, going through a lot of adversities in his life, but he remained faithful to the call God had given him. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor other created things will be able to separate us from what? From the love of God. What can separate you from the love of God? Oh, you know what? Something happened. I'm not going to church anymore. That separation from the love of God? What, what, what separates you from the love of God? Sometimes we look at other people and, and we base our Christianity on how other people behave. No, your Christianity should be based on the love of God for you. Not on what you see other people do. We're all imperfect human beings. We're all, we're messed up, we're broken. Believe me, whether you like it or not, you're broken. <laughs> That's why we make mistakes. That's why sometimes we mess up. But the love of God, remember, it's Christ who died for us. I didn't die for you. Nobody else died for you. It was Christ who died for us. It's His example that we're supposed to follow. So nothing will separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus 
are you? This is how God expresses his, his nature through actions of love. All these things that we just mentioned right now is the actions of love. When we read all these seven expressions of God's love that I just mentioned to you, it's easy to understand that God's definition of love is that real, permanent love. It's a commitment, not a feeling. It's a decision. Not something that just happens at first sight. So many people talk about love at first sight. I don't know about that. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 says that the Lord your God is God. The faithful God who keeps His gracious covenant. He makes a covenant with you and He says, I'm going to love you in spite of who you are. God love is, God's love is amazing. So Something that we, I, I cannot finish this talk this morning without saying this. Something that we cannot forget is that God's love is for the whole world. It's not just for some of us. It's for the whole world. What does John 3.16 say? Everybody should know that one, right? Can you, can you say it with me if you know it? For God so loved the world that He gave us His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves the world. He's not talking about the physical world. You know that. He's talking about humanity. He loves people. He loves you. And if you don't feel love, if you don't feel love, that doesn't mean you're not loved. That means your feelings are whack. That's it. Your feelings are messed up. That's all. But he says he loves you. No matter how you feel. He loves you. The, the question is, do you believe the love of God in your life? Do you believe it? Do you accept the love of God in your life? He, 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 it's Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God shows us His love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You might ask yourself, how can God love the world? And, and look how messed up we are in the world. So many bad things happen. Well, I have news for you. God didn't ruin the world. It was ruined by us. By sin. Our simple actions is what ruins the world. And, and then we want God to fix it, right? Isn't that true? We, we, we want God to fix it. We mess up. And then we tell God, God, please help us. Help us fix this. But we miss it. Love is the, motiva the motivating force behind our salvation. Ephesians chapter four, verse uh, Ephesians chapter two, verse four and five. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love that He had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in our trespasses. You are saved by grace. That's his motivating force. What's motivating you to talk to others about God? To talk to others about Christ? He has poured his love in us. You, you know, Romans, I'll finish, I'll finish with this because we got part two next week. 
But this, Romans chapter 5 verse 5, it says, And hope doesn't put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So, you are carriers of God's love. He has poured His love in us. So you are carriers of forgiveness. You are carriers of patience. You are carriers of compassion. Is that what you are? You are carriers of mercy. You are carriers of faithfulness. Are you faithful? You are carriers of permanent love. Stop looking for love when love is in front of you. God is love. Whatever God is, love is there. If God is only present, God is everywhere. So love is everywhere. If God is unchanging, then God's love doesn't change. He loves you no matter what. If God is eternal, which is another one of His attributes, that means His love is eternal for you. You are loved by the Father. You are loved by God. And I finish with this question. When was the last time you were up early to see the sunrise? And just to enjoy the sunrises and, and look at the sun and say, you know, that is... That is God showing me His love. Because I got up. I'm awake. I'm alive. How many people didn't wake up even this morning? Or how many people woke up in the hospital in an emergency room? You know, so I, I look at the sun, the, the sunrise, and, and it's so beautiful to, to experience that moment. The other day we were by, riding the bike with Pastor Roy going down the sea beach, and I, I just I told Pastor Roy and, and, and Pastor Richard Todd, I, I said this is so beautiful. I said I haven't experienced this thing in such a long time. It's just experiencing the wind, the sun, and then we go over there and we sit down and we eat something, and it's like. Can we deny God's love for us? I don't know if you like hiking. I love hiking. But when I go hiking, I like to stay up in the top of the mountain when the sun sets. And when I'm looking at the sunset, you know, I usually, I like to do, I, I, I usually go hiking by myself because I like to pray up in the mountain. And when I'm praying up in the mountain and I'm looking at the beauty, I'm looking at all the nature, I'm looking at everything God has created for me, I'm like, how can I deny that God loves me? And a lot of times we're focusing so much on the negative things of life that we don't enjoy God's love in our lives. We need to stop thinking about the negative stuff. No, I'm not saying deny what's going on. But don't focus on that and focus on God. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things that you need will be given to you. It's so, it, it, it's so important to understand that. And so we wouldn't be able to finish this topic 
if we don't talk about how do we respond to God's love. You have another hour to go, right? <laughs> oh. No, that's for next week. But, but I wanted you to understand today that God in His essence, He doesn't just love you. He is love. Stop looking for love everywhere. Just develop a deep relationship with God and you will feel love. You will develop that understanding more and more. How do you learn to love the person that you're with? You, 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 started, you started doing that because you got to know that person. The more you got to know the person, you made a decision if you wanted to love that person. That's how you're going to develop love for God too. And now, when you learn to love God, you love Him because He first loved you. He initiates that relationship of love. Father in heaven, we we cannot say enough of this subject. We can be here all day understanding this. The reality, Father, is that you have given us to love because you are love. And you have loved the world so much that you have given us your only begotten Son who gave his life for us, who sacrificed for us so that we can have eternal life. Forgive us, Lord, because sometimes we take it for granted. And, and, and sometimes we act like it, it, you have to love me because you are God. And I don't have any responsibilities. Forgive us for that. And help us understand as we, as we dive into the Word next week, what our response should be. Help us understand, Father, in our hearts, in our minds, as we're sitting in this place, that even if we don't feel love, we have been loved by you. And that's why you have taken care of us so many times. It's your love that has protected us. It's your love that stays faithful. It's your love that has forgiven us. It's your love that gives us another chance. So I ask, Father, for you to forgive us if we have taken it for granted. And with your head bowed, I just want to tell you, if you're here with us, and you have never given your life to God, you have never given your life to Christ, I'm sorry to tell you that you have never experienced real love. You might have gone through the feelings and the emotions. But we cannot experience real love unless we experience love from the fountain of love. And that is God. God is knocking at your door. He wants you to experience that love. Whoever loves is of God and lives in God, with God and for God. 
pray that you will help us and you will forgive us, Lord. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen.
right. May you go into the week ahead confident of God's great love. Someone has said, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. <laughs> I like that. Go confident this week. As Pastor Oscar is reminding us that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing. Have a great week.